Okay, welcome to our Optimist podcast. Uh, this is our sixth or seventh episode that we were doing here. And I'd like to introduce our guest for today. We have Patsy Garner, who is our current president for the 2021-22 year. And we have her husband, who is our was our international president in 2014 through 2015. So welcome to the podcast, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here, Shane. Appreciate the invite. I always like to start out with, well, we're happy to have you on here. And we're happy to get this back off the ground. I know that uh, we were recording and got some stuff going and it kind of took a hiatus, but we're back and we're excited to be back. So I always like to start with a quote and everybody can fill in where we go from here. I will start out with one that I found is optimism is a faith that leads to success. And I have found that as a personal thing when I, as I reflect back on my optimist career. So uh, I know that you always strive to be better than you were before. And if you have a, you know, a plan and you're doing optimism stuff, it always somehow leads to success to make your whatever project you're working on at the time. And one of the reasons we have this podcast was to let people know that there are good things happening in your community, whether it's with a service club or, you know, just get people in general doing things. And one of the things we like to focus on is optimist stories. And Patsy, I'd like to know what your optimist story is. How did you get involved? You know, how far have you, you know, some of the projects you've worked on and all that stuff? Absolutely. Um, I've been an Optimist member for 30, almost 32 years, I guess, the year after women were given the opportunity to uh, place membership with Optimist International. Uh, my, my story is that, that my mother made me be an Optimist. Um, we have a cheerleading program here in the city of Arlington that my fourth grade daughter was participating in. We were cheering uh, for the Optimist Club of Arlington football program at the time. And uh, to be a sponsor of that cheer program, uh, you had to join the Optimist organization. It provided liability insurance and, and uh, a lot of values with uh, being in a, uh, a major sports organization. So therefore, she told me I had to. I said, no, I'm not doing it. I know nothing about cheerleading. She said, yes, you're doing. I said, no, mom, I'm not. Well, how many times did you say no to mom? And she finally came back and she says, I tell you what I will do. I will make your cheerleading uniforms for you. Now, keep in mind, these are fourth grade girls. We had 20 girls on our team. And that was a big, big uh, selling factor. So I did it and I stayed. Um, I coached her for three years, her and her entire team. And after the three years, traditionally in a sports club, an optimist type sports club, when your child moves on into the middle school, in high school, you move on with them and you leave that organization behind. But I developed great relationships within our Optimist Club. They, they, they brought me in immediately within six months to be secretary of the club. And then I, my life just took off because I went to district meetings and started meeting other individuals around our district and just realized this is relationship. I was a single mom at the time and realized I, I needed a family. And this was a great family to be a part of. So um, that started 32 years ago. And you're going strong and now you're at the top of the, the ladder here and leading our great organization. 
If that's what you consider at the top of the ladder, then yes. <laughs> I, I personally think the club president is at the top of the ladder. But that being said, yes, I'm excited to be in this position. Uh, it's something I, I it was never on a bucket list of mine for a, a many, many years. So um, it's it's an honor to serve this and to be able to serve side by side with Ken again. You know, his story is different than mine. So, uh, but the fact that we met through this optimist organization um, is is kind of a passion of ours. It's what drives us. You know, it's I have the, a friend of ours, a friend of mine that met his uh, current wife in the optimist, in their optimist story. Uh, he was a club president and she was lieutenant governor, but uh, she made him wait. They, they had an 18-year engagement because Sue had to make sure that Dan was the right one. <laughs> I tried that too. It didn't work. <laughs> it, it didn't work with my husband. I gave him a date. I gave him, I, I gave him a drop dead date on where we needed to move forward with our life. And so uh, that, that definitely happened. 1158 the night of made the deadline. Well, Kim, tell, tell us a little bit about your optimist story. I know you were, like I said, international president in 2014, 2015. Tell us your optimist story. Let the, let our listeners hear uh, how you got involved with our organization. Well, mine was different than Patsy because I was working and I asked my uh, boss at the time, I said, what do I need to do to, to, you know, keep moving ahead? And he said, well, you need to go join something. And I said, well, any ideas? He said, got no clue. Literally uh, mentioned this to the girl I was dating at the time mentioned to her mother and she said, Oh, you need to go join that Optimus club so we can get free spaghetti supper tickets. And uh, of course the big story of that was I, after I joined, it turned around and said, Hey, Marcia, they told me that I'm supposed to bring some pies. And so I can't cook. Would you mind providing pies? And so that's kind of how got involved. Um, you know, I think what Patsy said, the thing that kind of, got me was the first meeting was the creed uh, and the president of our club at the time was a uh, very energetic he was funny and i i remember thinking man this is a this is a cool place to be uh, i think by my fourth meeting they the president literally got up and he said we need somebody said hey we're gonna have a golf tournament this year and he said i don't know anything about golf if somebody want to do it we can do it and these two guys that i kind of met like two times before said kendall do it and I thought we were just having a golf outing. It turned out they were wanting to raise money. And uh, they didn't tell me that until after I agreed to it. And uh, that's what kind of got me in. Uh, the president I'm talking about is a gentleman you all probably know by the name of Danny Rogers, who was uh, the first <laughs> club president I ever met and uh, kind of followed him along. But uh, as Patsy said, it, the goal that – I've only really chased one office and that was to be our club president. Cause Danny did such a great job as club president and others who followed. Uh, I kept thinking that's, I'd like to be club president one day. And I, it's one of those things of once I said yes to that, uh, literally I was trying to get out of being club president or finish my year. And uh, our Lieutenant governor said, you need to replace me and you need to follow because Governor Danny Rogers needs you to be Lieutenant Governor. And that's where I met Lieutenant Governor Patsy Hudson. And we were big competitors during the year. Um, and uh, she can tell you who actually won. 
because I don't like to brag, so we can leave it at that. Uh, but, uh, and then it kind of, the story from after that was uh, she got elected governor that year while we were lieutenant governors. And, uh, you know, the, the secret story is she kind of approached me as the year was ending and said, hey, let's go to dinner on a Friday night so I can talk to you. And I thought, well, this is kind of odd, uh, but, you know, she was, she did it under the guise of you should follow me as governor. Uh, so really, I always look at that. So that was our first date that she asked me out on and then kind of talked me into paying for under the guise of you should be governor. Uh, but actually, we were both, they worked. We were actually it both worked. dating different people at the same, at that time. And the funny story was because I, I did follow her as governor elect, but while she was governor, I think about the end of your year, I was fixing to come over. The two people we were dating broke up with us. And so we suddenly became the date with each other for all the meetings for training um, and everything else. And so uh, that's kind of how that transpired. And in my 20th year, I don't quite know how, but I ended up being president um, and until, you know, until now, I guess my claim to fame was being president for Dave Bruns, because other than that, you know, nobody really, uh, <laughs> but no, no, it was a good year. And, 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 uh, you know, Shane, I think things that most people don't know is after that, um, I'm in my fourth year serving as district secretary treasurer after I was club, after I was just international president. And technically I'm holding the role of club pre secretary for Patsy till she gets done being president. So she can come back and take it over again uh, for the member. But it's, that's, that's kind of my story. And I mean, my 27th year uh, and proud to be supporting Patsy as the first gent. I think. Now, correct, me, correct me if I'm wrong. You guys are the first couple or husband wife duo for Optimist International ever had in our hundred year history. We are, and we're not just in Optimus International. I shared this story um, last two weeks ago. We were in California and had the opportunity in California to be a part of the Rose Bowl. They call it the Rose Bowl Summit. And the president of Optimus, president of Rotary, president of Lions, president of Kiwanis, uh, meet every year at this summit uh, the day before the, uh, the Rose Bowl Parade. And... Uh, you know, just gather together and talk about what makes us different, what makes us the same. I've had the the benefit this last year of meeting them before I actually arrived at the summit because we met on Zoom with our Celebrate Community Project. But we sat and visited and got to know each other really, really, really good that that day. Um, and that was one thing that they actually excited and surprised about is that we do share that in common, that he and I are the first couple to have this honor in any of the organizations. So um, we're, we're quite honored uh, to, to have that title, I guess, so to speak, within the organization. However, I would point out that uh, Ron Graves and Jan Ward Graves are the first couple to serve as Optimus International Foundation presidents. Uh, now they were not married when Ron was, when Ron, Ron was president, but uh, they kind of point out to us. They, I think they beat us to the, to the, to the run there. And the first well, couple. And still. First couple. Were, yes. 
And Shane, this is a funny story, is that um, when I was, uh, again, I'm a member of this one cheerleading club, and it's Arlington Community Athletics, so give them a shout out. Still a member of that club. I'm still on their board of directors. Um, and I was a distinguished president twice for that club in the tenure of being there. Um, and then I made well, a actually decision. Her story, is, her story is she was the club of the year president for the ACA club, then joined Breakfast East Fort Worth. Club I was going did it there. Again. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. I was, go- thank you. <laughs> I, was, you. I was going. Yeah, I'm glad. Thank you for bragging because that was awesome. And it's like, I I decided to, for some reason, and I don't even know what brought me over to Breakfast East. Some say it was this, this handsome gentleman here that I'm talking with. But again, we were, we were just friends at the time, but I I think I needed a different direction in my life. We got to be really good friends with Danny Rogers, you know, uh, uh, Ralph Waller, Roddy Ryan, all those at the district meetings. And I saw that they had a different kind of family that they could offer versus what the, 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 the other family that I was in. And uh, again, I had that opportunity to be club of the year for uh, Arlington Community Athletic. And the very next year, um, I was club of the year president for Breakfast Optimist Club of East Fort Worth. So I don't know how many people that that I was the president back to back in two separate clubs of which I retain my membership and very active in both clubs and have the honor of being club of the year president for those two clubs. You know, people don't realize that, 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 that Optimus International is a very club driven organization and our membership driver, we go, I mean, I joked about international president being the top of the ladder, but you, you are at the bottom of the ladder in a sense to say too, because your membership dictates where you go. And I, I really like how our organization does that. What are some of the stuff that your clubs uh, support in your communities? I know like mine, uh, we have a striping program where we stripe parking lots, like put the yellow lines down, have a big Christmas tree fundraiser. And we have, you know, obviously different people that we do every year, such as Boys and Girls Club of North Central Montana, the Children's Museum, and our childhood cancer. We have a huge golf tournament that uh, took off this year. But what are some of the projects that you guys focus on that are important to you guys in your area? Actually, I love that you do golf tournaments because most of them do most a lot of Optimist clubs do golf tournaments, too. And that's it. That's a good fundraiser. We didn't have the opportunity to do that this year. Had to put that on hiatus, which was the first time in uh, I think we were celebrating a uh, an annual like a third. 30th or something like that that we didn't make but that spaghetti supper was another one of our original fundraisers that we turned into about about six years ago we turned it into a social event you know made, made a decision when you started looking at it that I think our members were were spending more money on buying the tickets than we were making money so we turned it into a huge social event and this year we'll be celebrating the 50th anniversary of that spaghetti supper which is you know it's an east side favorite uh we we have three four joy clubs uh that we sponsor within our club we sponsored a club which five we have five thank you the secretary the secretary is correcting me. We have five joy clubs that we uh, sponsor, and they're from elementary school to high school. Um, we have sponsored a club in Kenya, Africa, as uh, Kisumu, Kenya. And as of next week, we will also be sponsoring a club in um, Kathmandu. Kathmandu, Nepal. So we're sp- spreading our optimism 
a lot of that stuff that we do is with our local schools. Um, and they, uh, we've done the 4-H club. We also do the Boys and Girls Club that we have, uh, have, have developed some great relationships with our community partners here. Again, I'm going to boast. Um, Breakfast Optimist Club of East Fort Worth was Optimist International Club of the Year um, two years ago. And again, it's it was through the many, many, many projects that we do within this community. Ken, do you want to hit some of those high spots? Well, I think I can only go downhill from there, honey. But, uh, you know, that was a, you know, I think one of the, our club is also very active in somewhat in supporting junior golf uh, to go with that. Maybe not necessarily on the course, but they, they definitely push Patsy and I and support Patsy and I in those roles. But, uh, and, and, you know, I'm going to brag a little bit about Patsy's other club because uh, it is a sports club. Uh, it's focused on cheerleading. A few years ago, they actually expanded into football uh, as well. So they did both sides of the table, as did uh, the sister club there in, uh, in Arlington, Texas. And, uh, you know, if you've never been part of those sports programs, it's, it's incredible to, to walk out on a field and you see – the number of, of children and coaches and parents and referees just out there and to think this is what we do. And it's, it's really amazing because you think about the amount of time that is given into those situations. And I was on the outside until a few years ago when uh, we found out my, our granddaughter's team did not have a football team to, to cheer for. And so it was like, we have to have a team for her to cheer for. So literally Patsy's daughter and I said, we will coach a, a team of boys that they just gave to us. And it was one of the neatest experiences because it wasn't about winning. I can say that because I have a perfect record as a coach. Um, starts with O, but the, uh, <laughs> but it was, it was just the fact of, you know, these kids had this opportunity to do things and the, creed may not have been prominent it may not be the same as a traditional club but the focus was there and some of the things that i like about seeing what i've seen from uh we, we that's a big thing down here in texas is when those coaches coach they also watch the coaches and it's not about who can win it's about what are they portraying to those young people and to literally see somebody walk over and encourage a coach to not yell at a referee or to think about what their actions are portraying, it's powerful. And it's not just powerful to the children, it's powerful to the individuals. And I see growth on both sides there. And so I, I'm, I just, that, that's a cool thing that I don't think everybody grasped unless you've seen a sports club in action. I'm actually a generation. Our listeners need to re remember that, uh, you know, we we are our national organization's motto is friend of youth. And that is one thing that I like is you can be hands on with these kids in the community and these organizations and you can go out and coach football team or you can go out and, you know, set up a golf tournament to qualify for our golf tournament that is held in Florida every year and the on the international level. I know it starts at a club level and you work your way up. Uh, you know, then one of the things that I really enjoy with our club is our childhood cancer golf tournament. And I'm going to plug the uptown here again, because that's my home club here in Great uptown. Falls uptown. in the alphabet <laughs> district. 
but we, uh, you know, we averaged about $10,000 a year on our junior our childhood cancer golf tournament. And we had uh, somebody else new that took over this last year and she did a fantastic job. And I remember her asking me, well, you know, I'm really worried about, you know, this and this and this. I said, well, and so-and-so saying, I can't do this. And I said, well, are, who's the chairman of this golf tournament? She said, well, I am. And I said, well, then by golly, I think you should do that. And she ended up making $18,000 after we paid our expenses that wow. we can turn around to help kids with the families that need to get to Denver or Seattle with expenses just to get there, whatever they need, we're able to turn around, just give them that. And awesome. afterwards, afterwards I told her, I said, I'm really glad you broke my record because it's about time somebody did. <laughs> and Shane, I'm going to, I'm going to hit on something that you just said. And I really like this because I have been talking about this for the last couple of months that when I, when I visit uh, clubs or districts or whatnot, and they're talking about ways to raise money. We've talked about this in our own club, which we have not specifically done. And it's, it, it's a fundraiser with a cause behind it. Um, fundraisers to raise money for, you know, the generality of who we are have a tendency to not bring in as much money. You you just boasted about the fact that your club, it was a golf tournament, a childhood cancer golf tournament. So therefore it has a, a, a purpose. It has that specific focus behind it. And that is something that I would encourage all of our listeners um, that that do any kind of fundraiser, you know, whether it's an optimist club or whether it's, you know, raising whatever it is your purpose, you make your purpose known. When you make your purpose known, you know, your heart gets involved at that point. You see that word, you see that word childhood cancer, or you see autism, or you see special needs, or you see anything that that we're out promoting. And people, people will come, they will navigate to your cause. Um, because then it hits, it hits, it hits the heart. And uh, that's, uh, to me, that that says everything in who we are, is to promote that one specific project. And my advice for people when say we don't have people that want to, you know, do that in our community, I say, well, if you never ask, the answer is always no. And you never know how generous people in your community will be. And I've learned that, that there are so many giving people in this world and there are so many people out there that are like me that don't have the time to commit to a club organization, but they'll donate something to a silent or live auction or they'll donate a hundred dollars that they know was going to go to something. So I always tell people, you know, if you never ask or you never get out there and get involved, the answer is always no on what you're looking for within your community. You are a hundred percent right. You know, Ken and I both have lots of stories that we could share either tonight or, uh, you know, on down the line of, um, actually I'll share you one just about asking in general. Uh, it might be going off, off topic here a little bit, but it, it, it's about, we start talking about the power of optimism and the power of our creed, which is uh, celebrating its 100th anniversary this year. That was one of the uh, reasons I chose optimism is the 100th anniversary celebration uh, of our Optimist International Organization just kind of sparked that little energy inside of me. And I'm like, oh, now what's next for the next, you know, 100 years? This is an exciting turn in our life. And that was as I started reading Dave Brun's book, the um, uh, what is it? The Optimist bring, bringing out the best, the first 100 years inside that book. It talked about our Optimist creed and our Optimist purposes and that this year 
we get the opportunity to celebrate that 100th anniversary of that adoption. Um, we were out in California and the club that that read the, the poem, Promise Yourself, in the newspaper uh, approached Optimus International and says, we need to adopt this cre- these creed as, um, as our creed of who we are as Optimus. And that is what drove me to the word optimism, of course, was to promote our creed and through our purposes as to why we are an Optimist Club. Well, I have produced these uh, bookmarks and they're very simple little bookmarks, little, little tassels on them at the end. And one side has the Optimist Creed on them and one side has the purposes on the back of them. Can distribute, there's no date, there's no time, they're timeless. So we had a board meeting at our house our, one of our club meetings, and it was in December, and it's a board meeting. All the spouses are invited as well. And the past president of our Optimist Club was visiting with the board. Uh, again, Ken, I might be sharing your story because I wasn't in that room, uh, but it's a, it, it is a great story. And he said, you know, I've been d- doing something different this last year to thanking people. We were talking about just giving thanks to our community, you know, reaching out to our teachers and telling them right now how much we, we as an Optimist Club truly thank them for all that they're So he said, what I've been doing is when I fly on uh, a business trip or where I'm going, I find out how many flight attendants there are on the plane. And he said, you can get that information ahead of time. And when I get on the plane, I give them a thank you note, handwritten thank you note. Thank you for all that you are doing. Thank you for, you know, the hours that you've put in. And inside, there's a $5 gift card, you know, Starbucks gift card, something they can use universally. And he said, and it, it, it truly is an effort uh, of, of something that is appreciated by them, not for the $5 gift card, but for the handwritten note. So Ken and I were on our way to Pasadena a couple of weeks ago. And I realized when I got into the airport, I went, I left my thank you notes at home. You know, I, I, this is a great idea. I want to do something, but I realized I had a big stack of these bookmarks. So I boarded the plane, asked the main flight attendant that greets you, said, how many flight attendants are there on the plane? She said four. So I handed them to them with the pilot, went to my seat, got ready to deboard. And the person in front of me, mind you, we were at the front of the plane. The person that was in front of me was one of those flight attendants. We're always at the front of the plane. Yeah, we're always at the front of the plane. You know, I, I don't <laughs> like sitting in the back of the plane. So we were at the front of the plane. So not first class, but we were in the front of the plane. So it, this bookmark is in his back pocket. And the tassel is just flipping back and forth. And I'm like, oh, he could have thrown that away. He could have just laid it up on the counter and not read it. But he's got this close to him. So I Pulled out my, um, pulled out my camera, and I went, "Oh, I want to take a picture of that. That is like really cool." And the minute I did, he yes, reached, my wife was going down the aisle trying to take a picture of a flight attendant's rear end. I was, I was taking a picture of this male's flight attendant's rear end. That being said, he pulled it out. It's like he knew. He didn't even see me. It's like he knew something, and he reached in his back pocket and he pulled out that creed as we're walking to the front of the plane. So I tapped him on the shoulder and I said, excuse me. I said, this is like the probably the weirdest thing you have ever been asked. But would you put that back in your pocket? I said, I want to take a picture of, of the bookmark that you have in your back. 
And he I'd goes, like the publisher we're in on Optimus International's new magazine. <laughs> I said, I said, that was just so touching to me that you held on to that like that. And he goes, you're the lady we've been looking for. And he said, we have been talking about this bookmark the entire flight and trying to figure out who was it that handed us this bookmark. We're reading your Optimus Creed. And he goes, that is fabulous. And your purposes on the back that talk about, about who you are and, and what your clubs have in common. And he said, that is fabulous. He said, now, the other flight attendant that's at the back of the plane, he wants to talk to you. He said, because he is the most, most optimistic person in the world. And he really does. Now, would you mind waiting? Okay, keep in mind again, we're at the front of the plane. This flight attendant is the very last person to deplane when everybody else is off. So it took a lot within me, my optimist, my, the true optimist inside me to say, sure, I'll wait. And I did. And I'm so glad that I did, because as he approached, all the attendants came came around, pulled out their bookmarks and just started talking about how powerful the, the words that were written on that on that bookmark about the creed and the purposes. And the gentleman just so happens lives in Dallas, Texas. He's already reached out to me and he's going to be joining an Optimus Club uh, here in our in our, our local community. So never underestimate that power of the one that pulls us as optimists together, but hopefully relays to the world who we are by by reading that creed and those purposes. No, and that is a true statement. And we could probably sit here for 20 some hours telling stories that we all have of our optimist careers. And I'm looking, then that was one of the main purposes of this podcast is to get these stories out there so people understand what we do and how that we do it to make things uh, go into our organization to make it successful. Uh, we talked a little earlier, uh, Patsy, about you know meetings that we have uh, at district levels, but I'm excited because I'm already planning on coming to our international convention. Let's talk about that real quick that we're having this summer in Reno, the, uh, July 28th through July, excuse me, June 28th through July 3rd. What are some of your goals that you want to have done and things moving forward to the convention? Because people don't realize that when we go to an, a district convention or an international convention, it's not the, the ideas and the camaraderie shift that you have is very, very powerful. And the ideas that are exchanged in this, there might be 1,200 people in the same room as you there for the same purpose. And you're exchanging ideas and making our clubs better. What are some of your goals and your what you want to get done and the purposes that you have going forward towards the convention? Shane, I can only hope that there's 1,200 people at this convention gathering, sharing ideas. That would be an amazing convention this year. Um, you know, I, you I, I, optimistic, Patsy. I'm just saying. I, I am, you know, I'm optimistic exactly because I, I truly believe this convention is going to be a memorable convention as we work, work toward um, uh, our, our goals and our mission of, of who we are is optimist. Um, I think everybody wants to come gather and share ideas. I, I will tell you that an international convention, um, and I'm going to say of the optimist magnitude, uh, is the reason I'm still an optimist. And it, it, is, it is that once a year uh, getting together with optimists from around the globe that 
in my little section of the world over here where I was from Arlington, Texas, I did not know that existed um, outside of my work world. So to be able to experience that at a district level and then to start building up as I started moving into knowing people throughout the organization, um, I, I, miss, I miss that every year. And that is something that we definitely want to go to. Uh, this year's convention is going to be a little bit different than the past conventions, uh, mainly because uh, we have the opportunity to have a lot of our events outside of um, um, outside of our hotel. And we're going to have some really cool uh, events happening. Uh, but I'm, I'm excited that everybody is uh, going to come and gather in Reno. Ken, you were raising your head. Did you have some input there? No, the dogs are looking at me like they wanted inside. The uh, so I'm telling them no. That is our world. Yeah, but Shane, I will share this with you. I've been to somewhere around 20 conventions, and I only missed one in these 20 years after you know after I started going, and it was the last time we were in Reno. And I will tell you that is all anybody talks about was the Reno convention. And the minute I say I wasn't there, it's like oh. I mean, they literally almost took away my presidency because they found out I was not a president while I was in Reno. But the, the stories that came out of that last convention are historic. So quite frankly, if you missed the Reno convention, it's this one, uh, you, may, you may be kind of ostracized and miss out on all the good stories uh, that are to come. I mean, I'm no, going to leave my wife is all behind me. She's excited because my wife actually joined Optimus with me when right before we got married. And she was actually able to attend the international convention last year in Atlanta. And the funny story about Atlanta is when I first met Patsy, I'd never talked to her on the phone. And we were downstairs in the international office with Rhonda and all the gals down there. And I went to introduce myself and Patsy goes, I already know who you are. I recognize your voice from the podcast. And I about fell over. I was like, oh my gosh. I don't know if Again, you remember that or not, Patsy. I, I do remember that, Shane. Uh, I, I'll be honest with you. I am, I can recognize voices, um, you know, in any room. I'm, I will be, a, I'll admit, I'm really bad at names sometimes, but I'm, I definitely, you have got a very distinct voice. I am. I truly am excited. You know, I didn't didn't go enough into this, but we're we're doing some different things. One of the we're going to be starting with some some great uh, motivational speakers. Again, events outside the outside the hotel. We're going to have some welcome a welcome ceremony instead of the opening ceremonies. We're going to be at a bowling alley, a car museum. There are going to be some really cool events. And of course, everything will be finalized after our four days. There will be training. There'll be workshops. There will be uh, motivational sessions. Um, we're, we are packing as much as we possibly can in four days of convention, but it will be finalized on the last day, of course, by the first Optimist International Cornhole Championships. Well, and, there's something new and exciting. And there is something really new and exciting. Um, I, I am pleased to announce that as of January 1st, our program pro, uh, Programs and Projects Committee has launched the official guidelines for the Optimus International Cornhole Championships. 
what I'm trying to do when I decided to promote this was um, an idea for our Optimist members to get themselves out into the community physically. Social distancing, COVID has created so many issues where they said, I can't meet. We can't meet in closed areas. We can't, we can't. Well, I'm not a can't person. So I believe that we can get a cornhole board, which is nothing for those of our listeners that do not know what cornhole is. It's nothing but a beanbag toss that you throw a, a, a beanbag into a board, um, you know, so many, so many feet long. I don't even know how, how long the board is. And they're, they're, they're set, again, 20 feet from each other, I think. Maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit. And you just throw, in, throw the beanbag in the hole. It, it's, a, it's a great backyard game. That it has takes become, some serious strategy to be a good cornhole player. It most, it most certainly does. And it's just been turned, it's turned into an international phenomenal actually i just read about about it a couple weeks ago it's going to be hopefully approved to be at an olympian sport in about five years because there's mainly because there are major sponsors behind it that have um that have invested in the game of cornhole and it is definitely an international thing. So what I want our clubs to do is I want our clubs to get out into the community, you know, bring the bring just the, 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 the people in your community together, whether it's a backyard or a gym. If you're sitting up in Canada and you're in 20 feet of snow, okay, so you can't do it in your backyard, but you can certainly go to a gym or a local community hall and you can take some boards and you can put your Optimus logo uh, on your board or, you know, have your businesses sponsor boards and have a tournament. And then eventually uh, districts are encouraged to bring teams to the international convention and we'll have one big championship the very last day. It's out in the middle of the row. It's going to be about 80, 81 degrees outside. It's going to be beautiful weather. We'll have food trucks and beverage facilities set up everywhere. And it's going to be a fun and festive time for everyone. Hey, Patsy, tell, talk about, you know, there was a question whether this was just a U.S. thing. Uh, and we, we found out about it by seeing it on ESPN one weekend when we were hunting for anything to have sports and there was like this international cornhole championship. Uh, you know, and the cool thing too, is as Patsy said, it, it's, there's no age limit. Kids mm -hmm. play it. Uh, nursing homes are using it, but uh, talk about the people you've talked to internationally who have, you know, our, some of our international clubs recently. Absolutely. And that's where this, this came to mind is when we were sitting there when COVID first broke out and there were no sports on TV. Ken and I watch a lot of sports and there were no sports on TV. So the only thing on ESPN was the international cornhole tournament. And we looked at that and go, that is really an international thing. And I said, people really pay a lot of money to do that. Uh, sponsorships everywhere. And I said, I, I we're optimists. We need to, we, we need to do this. And so that is where that was born. And then as we got to looking into the countries, I've had many of our, membership ask us, is this an American thing only? Um, we looking into all the different leagues in Canada alone, all provinces and all territories have international leagues. 
established. And within the provinces and within the territories, they also have 10, 15, 16, 17 leagues within their own communities. Um, I called and spoke, I didn't call, but I spoke with the pre a president down in one of our Belize clubs. And this was the greatest comment ever. He goes, I said, so do you even know what cornhole is? And he goes, oh, yes, ma'am. He said, before COVID shut us down, he said, that's the game that we played at the old folks home. He said, it got all of our mature people at the senior living center. It got them up moving because that was the one thing that they could do, that they could have that kind of competition and playing corner. He says, thanks to your initiative, we're going back to the old folks home in the name of our Optimist Club and we're going to go play cornhole. And I thought, that is great. That is awesome. Uh, talked to Nepal and he said, we're going to start playing it. And he said, we watch it on TV all the time. So I'm just hoping that this spreads throughout our entire organization because it is an international fun game that our grandchildren, you know, gather together and play. And quite frankly, when someone asked me the other day, they said, is there a, a requirement for kids that you can move the boards closer? And I said, no, and actually there is not official rules for children, uh, but I can tell you yeah. our six, seven, and eight-year-olds can outthrow us. <laughs> so, <laughs> Hey, and, and Patsy, is it true in, in Spanish it's called cornholio, but in Canada cornholio. it's cornhole? Yeah, cornhole in, in, in Canada. <laughs> uh, well, I know we're moving into our uh, second quarter, and I know that our uh, convention is always in third uh, end of third quarter, beginning of fourth quarter. What are some, what's your theme and some of your goals for your second quarter here as we move into this international level of optimists and we, you know, focus down, what should our clubs be focused on as your theme and goals for uh, the second quarter here as we're moving, moving forward? Absolutely. Our first quarter was um, optimism, be an optimist when we went into the first quarter. So now we're knee deep into, again, it's all focused around our creed and our purposes. So this one is optimism, a philosophy of life. And as we start working on uh, our purposes of Optimist International and for the listeners that don't know what those purposes are, to promote an active interest in our good government, to inspire a respect for law, to promote patriotism, to aid and encourage the development of youth. But the very first one of all of our purposes is to uh, develop optimism as a philosophy of life. This is a crazy world that we live in. And there are so many, there's just difficult times, which it's, it, it's not that our history has not had difficult times. This is just a different kind of difficult times. And I believe the world truly, truly needs optimism. And that is exactly our, our, our forefathers 102 years ago now just had the brilliance to name the organization after that one word, which is optimism. And I believe living those creeds, um, the, living those purposes uh, and promoting those purposes within our optimist organization is will make us stronger, will make our community stronger, will help help our, our youth uh, believe in themselves. Uh, that is that is a I, I do believe an issue with our young people today. Uh, they're they're struggling with do I go to school? Do I not go to school? Do I get to go to school? Do I get to be my with my friends? And they don't know what to believe anymore. And that is what we need to do is optimism is we need to be out there and developing that life and promoting that life 
within our community. Uh, you, you like quotes, Shane. And one of the funniest quotes that, that, that I do like, and it, it comes from uh, a, a poo. I love poo quotes. So uh, Winnie, Winnie the, the Pooh. Pooh. Winnie the Pooh quote. Please don't I edit love... that out, Denise. It's Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Not just Pooh quote. Yeah. I, I, yes, I'm, I, I'm guessing my, if we talk to the grandchildren, that might come out a little bit different, would they not? But even it's like, you know, Piglet says, you know, what day is it? It's today. And Pooh says, my favorite day. And that is exactly it. You know, you just, you know, what is today? We have to move past what what is and into, uh, you know, what we can make this today. And that is uh, basically our optimism. And that, you know, optimism is that we can just live the best of all possible worlds that there is out there. And I believe that's what we have to offer the world. Um, and I think that's what we're going to stress during our, our second quarter. I'm excited because our clubs are embracing that. Uh, we have also asked uh, for um, our, again, any of our listeners, uh, communications at optimist.org. I'm just, I will just I'll address out there. And if you are random and you're currently not an Optimist member, uh, seek out optimist.org and look at the Optimist Creed. You can just Google Optimist Creed and it will pop right up at you. Um, you know, send in a send in a picture, send in a video, send in, you know, what does one of those lines of the tenets mean to you? And then we're going to put all those together uh, from our members, from our clubs, from 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 uh, just people at large that wish to send that in and we're going to focus on those our entire third quarter i i can tell you shane one of the coolest things that um that i think i have experienced and continue to experience is being an advisor in a junior optimist club at an elementary school with fourth and fifth graders the saying is true out of the mouths of babes you just never know what they're going to say and you never know until you ask what their experiences are in their life. But when you sit down there with the first time in a junior optimist club or wherever it is, when you're when you gather with a group of children and you read those tenets of the optimist creed, you know, promise yourself to be so strong that nothing can disturb your peace of mind. And you ask them, what does that mean to them? I think if every adult would read the Optimist Creed and ask themselves the same thing and talk about that, I, I, I think it would just remind us of, of who we are as people and I think what we can be to um, the, the future leaders of, I, I, I think, our world. I couldn't agree more, Patrick. Like I said, you know, that's, that's the nice thing about Optimist, optimism is we have the chance to influence these kids to put them on a better path and to give them hope and, and you know like of the way certain things can be if they just put their mind to it they can do anything absolutely and that's what i like is that the hands-on where you're hands-on with the, the the stuff you're doing with the kids and just that impact that you make on their life and that's what the goals of these podcasts were is to get our message out there to know that there is good stuff happening out there in this world when we've had over 700 days of getting over the curve, as I like to say. So, well, I, I don't know getting over the curve. We haven't got over the curve yet. You keep thinking we're going to, and it, 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 it keeps coming back. But I think we have so much to offer 
um, you know, as individuals to um, uh, to the world and what we do. And um, I, I think promoting the purposes and the creed and continuously reminding us all to promise ourselves, I think, uh, will, will, will definitely better our communities. And, and that's a great way to end it, that we promise ourselves, and that's always how we start our quotes. And I always like to end our podcast with a good quote, just to give people something to think about as well. And this one pretty much sums up everything we've talked about during this episode. And it's to find optimism, look for the good things in your life. And I think that that is something that people don't do hard enough and they don't need. They always say, well, this is so bad. This is so bad. I always say it could be worse. I have all these amazing things happening. So this is a perfect thing to sum up everything. And I want to thank Patsy and Ken for being on today. And I'm looking forward to all the stuff we have moving forward and to have you back on to do an update of where we're getting with your year, Patsy. I would love to come back on. Absolutely. And we can talk about certain tenets of the creed. And, you know, as we move forward, you just, you, you kind of summed it up there as the poo statement. What is it? Today is the day. Forget the mistakes of the past, forget what's behind us and press on to the greater achievements of the future. And just as a, before we sign off, I'd like to remind our listeners that we do have other podcasts out there and, you can reach us at optimist.org at our podcast and make sure you like and share our posts so people can see all the stuff that's going on. And we look forward to moving forward. 